Dean, how are you, man? Episode episode nine. Man, it's going quickly. It's going quickly. We're going to be at episode 1,000 before you know it. You know what I mean? I wonder if we'll have anyone threatening to remove their music from Spotify or we need that. to get off. Did you, did you see that? I, it was interesting how Swift uh, mm-hmm. was removed. <laughs> He's not the moneymaker. He His downloads must not match Joe Rogan's, exactly. right? I mean, just on its surface, I wouldn't have thought it was even close, but there you go. I know. I know. So how is your, uh, how's your Ethereum sitting after your purchase? Uh, last I, well, I, it kept going down. So I bought more. My, okay. my kind of, um, you know, I don't really manage my money. I have someone who knows the mm-hmm. one. I have mm-hmm. this Robin Hood. Smart. Uh-huh. And, you know, if I, if I miss time something and it keeps going down, I believe in it. Right. Mm-hmm. On the mm-hmm. way down. Um, mm-hmm. Cost dollar averaging, I think it's called. And so, yeah, I just kept buying some more and, you know, and mm-hmm. I think I'm back positive. I looked this morning. There you go. Bump, so there you I'm go. Hey, the long term on Ethereum. Yep. Yep. So this may be a dumb question, actually, to take a little side note. You said something interesting there that I can probably learn from. Um, so you don't manage your own money because you have people that are smarter than you to do totally. it, which is obviously really smart. But then it's probably also a time and focus thing. Are you saying that maybe all the time I spend reading about stocks and trying to make the right decisions would probably be better suited that focus somewhere else and, you know, maybe let somebody that at least knows what they're doing. I mean, handle. I have many. I mean, not, you know, my portfolio may be a bit bigger than yours, yeah. so I know it's a bit different. Totally. But <laughs> I, I have theories on this. I think if you love investing and you love to learn about companies, you should totally like learn and do mm-hmm. analysis. Um, mm-hmm. If that's not your main job though, and you haven't like that's what you mm-hmm. do for a living, you probably should get a Vanguard account, <laughs> index mm-hmm. funds yep. and just set and forget, and then just take a small portion and make some, you know, Robin Hood bets. Have some fun, yeah, fun with it. And, you know, buy the dip forever. Mm-hmm. We're not you know, mm-hmm. financial advice here. Just not financial advice. Um, but, you know, if you're just starting out and you're saving, just just buy index funds, low-fee funds. They're going to get 5 mm-hmm. to 10, maybe big, big mm-hmm. year every now and again, 15% return. If you do that for 30 years, you're going to be a millionaire. You're going to be all right. So yeah, that, that's the way to go. Yeah. The whole retail thing is is booming, and people Robin Hood has just created all, you know, mm-hmm. all that. 2020, 2020 has made everybody my age think they're a really smart investor. Yes. You know, between twenty twenty and now, until and, they see uh, a downturn, and that's like, <laughs> yes, they've never experienced an 08, a two thousand and one, an eighty six. Right, like I've uh-huh. been around to see all of that. So, yes. you know, the yeah. dot com in two thousand was disastrous. And- I mean, they have yeah. Cisco yeah. shares go from, you know, 85 bucks to 10 or something. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> just sit and watch it. Yeah. Watch it just go away. That's amazing. I, I think of a, a lot of these probably like startup employees that have just been seeing all of their stocks just yeah. like, that they probably can't sell. No, you're right? usually for, at least some of them you're locked up and just watching yeah. just that. Well, you know, oh, it's a good company and they're going to be the market eventually rewards profit and mm-hmm. growth. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. It, you just got to get to work mm-hmm. and make sure you're making a profit and, and mm-hmm. grow and the, the market's going to, Microsoft mm-hmm. just came out with an unbelievable earnings and boom, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it goes up most of the time, but stocks are long-term hey, I, investments. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, I don't know. You, you may be, this may have been prophetic, but last week when you shut down my business idea, mm-hmm. 
Um, <laughs> you made a statement about, you said, well, you've got Jack Dorsey and you've got Apple ready to just disrupt the POS point of sale space. Did you see what Apple announced this morning? I did not. That they are going to be able to, basically their goal is to take what Square was and just put it all on yep. iPhone. So you're going to have small businesses move away from mm -hmm. even having a Clover device and they're literally going to be able to do transactions well, on their on their phone. Well, so, funnily, you know, we've you developed know. a point of sale for our, our church customers. Mm -hmm. We're just mm -hmm. about to bake it into the app too. Yeah. Because so you don't need it anymore at all. Right. So the church app, you know, you, you, I could order my coffee on the way to church. Or, mm -hmm. you know, so I get I mm -hmm. a bunch of them wow. uh, from, from inside the customized yeah. church app. So yeah. that, that's coming. And that's more, it's more secure too, yeah, really. Totally. Yeah. So it's like. The and, encryption yeah, around that yeah. kind of transaction is better than shoving a card in a terminal. Right, right. Cool. Well, let's jump into this. And just a disclaimer, I am uh, in a back office at a uh, church conference right now. So if somebody walks in or you hear, it's a Pentecostal church conference. So you hear yelling and screaming. It's going to be awesome. And hollering, where it means, the God, it means the Holy Spirit's moving in the end. <laughs> But uh, so let's jump into this. Um, we're talking first principles today. Yep. Um, and I know that's something that you've referenced and we've kind of mentioned offhand in previous episodes, but I wanted to kind of drill, have you drill a little bit deeper into that? Because I think it is really a, um, I think oftentimes, and, and maybe you can tell me what you think, there's a lot of like mental models in Silicon Valley and the internet is full of these like, here's 10 ways to think about this or 12 frameworks for this. And every day I see a new blog post on, you know, the 12 frameworks that billionaires use to think, and I, all that stuff's great. But um, first principles is just kind of like the most basic building block of what would be any good sort of problem solving right. um, tool, right? So we'll jump into kind of an overall explanation of that. We'll drill down into it, but maybe just give us your first like thoughts. On, yeah. On that. I mean, and I always try to frame this for the Christian Christ-centered business person. So Obviously, as believers, we, our first principles, you know, are going to, there's some, there's some first principles spiritually before the first principles right. on the business. So, you know, mm -hmm. first principles as a believer, is, is this, uh, is this something God wants me to do? Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, my, I'm not a hearing voices from God type, you know, Jesus appeared and told me I'm not that. I, I am, uh, mm -hmm. what do I feel in my heart? Does it align with my gifts and how God's wired me? Uh, is it going to serve some greater good? Am I going to be able to, you know, do something great in society? Um, could I provide a valuable service that helps people? Um, am I going to conduct my business, you know, with my Christian values leading the way? Am I going to be mm -hmm. unashamedly? Um, you know, customer centric and treat people with respect. Okay. So I've got all my, my first mm -hmm. kind of business yep. principles and then yep. I'm going to get into yep. the business principles. So I think you got to frame right. it up. Mm -hmm. You've got into this. And is this the best and highest use of my calling mm -hmm. and, my, and yep. my gift set that God has given me? And if answering mm -hmm. yes. And, and, you know, it doesn't matter what the, God can bring inspiration for an idea. Mm -hmm. I really believe that. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so when the idea comes through where you're just sitting around and praying and thinking and reading and studying and looking at problems that you want to try and solve, I, I think the Holy Spirit can, you know, get in the mix of all that and start mm -hmm. to give you some guidance. And, and mm -hmm. so that, that is the first principle, I think, as, mm -hmm. a, yeah, I like as that. a believer. 
it's an, a really important distinction, so. right? As we're talking about first principles, our approach has to be, um, there's just something that is so much more important beneath the surface, right? In our motivation, our character, our focus. Well, it's because, yeah. you know, our first driving, you know, force for business isn't profit. Profit mm -hmm. is going to come. Um, large profit, hopefully, uh, you know, our, our platform for, you know, business and wealth creation is stewardship. Everything I have God has given me, I'm going to steward this well. Does God mind if I live a rich and blessed life a as a result of my hard work? Absolutely. He wants that. Uh, but primarily he, he wants to, you know, provide wealth to people who will steward it wisely, build his kingdom, help the poor and so on. And so again, mm -hmm. different approach, right? As mm -hmm. why I'm doing this, I'm not doing this mm -hmm. so I can buy more things, even though God doesn't right. care about how many things I have. That's not the point. Mm -hmm. What's my motivation. Mm -hmm. And I think when you start there as a Christian, you automatically separate yourself, you know, from mm -hmm. someone who's just purely out for profit to, you know, and look, there's been more philanthropic activity in the last 20 years from, you know, the non-faith based world, right? The secular mm -hmm. world, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. charitable donations, I think we're at 430 billion faith sector was 130. So there's billions, hundreds of billions of dollars. And then there's high profile, you know, that 130 billion is that like to churches and to charities. That's any kind of faith based. Yeah. Well, but that's 99.9% church. Okay. So you got some ministries and things are in mm -hmm. place, but it's, it's church giving is 130, mm -hmm. but there's 300 plus billion. And so you've got these high profile givers, right. That I think, mm -hmm. um, you know, between Gates and, and, um, uh, Bezos, those guys, they're, you know, they're just doing incredible things. And, uh, mm -hmm. Berkshire Hathaway mm -hmm. guy, you know, he's yep. Warren Buffett. Uh, he's yeah. just, they're giving like hundreds of billions of dollars away to do good. Mm -hmm. I think that's mm -hmm. incredible. So. And mm -hmm. there's all, almost pressure on these multi-billionaires to take, I know, uh, uh, give all their wealth away. Mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that um, distinction. So, okay. So first principles, which we'll call first principles, yep. but we're sweet. It's not our first yep. principle, right? This would be, you know, looking at it pragmatically. Yeah. So uh, it's obviously, you know, becoming this buzz phrase, um, often talked about really understood. So it's essentially a powerful framework for deconstructing complex problems, mm -hmm. coming up with creative solutions, uh, and driving like nonlinear outcomes. So first principle is basically a basic foundational assumption, one that cannot be deduced or broken down any further. So it is like a foundational truth that does not require any additional assumptions. Right. Or explanation, um, right? It, it's simply explained. In a, mm -hmm. in a sentence or two. Right. 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 So it is the kind of the ultimate basic. And that is like from probably if you're trying to solve a business problem, is that like, let's look at our, the numbers, yep. the, 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 the metrics, the data, because it doesn't lie. Right. This is a first principle, right? What are some other examples of what that would be? So, you know, when you, and we've talked about this a lot in, in the creation of a business, mm -hmm. you're, you're looking to solve problems that haven't been solved or haven't been solved mm -hmm. well. Uh, maybe there's solutions out in the marketplace, but they're inferior and you come up with a way to solve a problem with a solution that's better that, than what is in the market today. What's better than that is that there's no solution or what we call legacy solutions, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, um, kind of church back office has been around for a long time, 40, 50 years, but it's, we it's, it's known as legacy 
because it's it's thought on on-premise computers. It's mm-hmm. it's old architected software. It's not mobile friendly. It's not cloud based. It's not anywhere anytime. So solution inferior. Along comes a bunch of new tech into a and and pick anything. Pick uh, managing apartment complexes for for landlords. That used to be mm-hmm. all done on this legacy stuff. Now all, all these apps do it for you. You collect the rent. You it's connected to the plumber to do the fixing. It's like that. Mm-hmm. The so there's these legacy things. So first principles in business creation. Uh, what problem am I solving mm-hmm. and how am I going to solve it? Mm-hmm. That is, if, if you don't ask yourself those questions and, and then be able to identify and articulate those answers with very simple sentences, you, you could go down a, a train track for a year or five and end up in the wrong destination. So it's really, really mm-hmm. critical when you, mm-hmm. we're talking, you know, we want entrepreneurs to hear this this podcast and, and, you know, get good advice. The, the best advice you could ever get is just be grueling at the beginning process mm-hmm. and, and really test your thesis mm-hmm. with market research with like, literally, you know, you're going to write out a one page business plan and mm-hmm. you're going to, you're going to get that thing hammered by so many people, anyone that you can get in front of. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's so critical because you know, if, if you're got, if you're excited about a, a product or service and there's, there's a market, but the market is, it's not very big, right? Um, you can put all this energy into something and really there's the, the total addressable market, the TAM is, is like, it's not there. So you're going to put all this en- energy in building a product or service where there's really not a lot to go get. This, mm. this is the critical stage, I think, in the beginning of first. Mm-hmm. What? What problems am I trying to solve and what solutions mm-hmm. am I going to build or provide that can mm-hmm. solve the, those problems? Can I articulate that very easy? Can I then go in front of 50 people or 100 people and tell them the problem mm-hmm. I'm solving and how I want to solve it and have them give mm-hmm. me some feedback? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it, well, and that's what I think is interesting is like your approach to thinking about this. I think, like, I think first principles and I think like me alone in my room thinking these big grand thoughts about to the bit, but really what you're saying, it's like a first principle is essentially knowing the basis level of fact. And that could literally be who's my customer and what do they want? And that can be as simple as like, for example, the other day, just for, for our business, we're building a media company, which means we have a thesis on the kind of content people want and how they want to receive it and the kind of people that they are. And so literally just, I mean, I have a list of 75 different ideas for, audio shows that we could build and develop. And I have my ideas of what I think are right. And then I literally just did a 10 question questionnaire that I made in 10 minutes and put it up on our Instagram. And the results I got from our listeners were the opposite of what, you of what I thought they would yeah. be. And, and I just think, man, had I put time and energy and focus into trying, I mean, is, is that an example well, of a first principle? Yeah, it is. Cause you know, the next first principle is once you have customers, you better listen to them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, first, mm-hmm. first principle of growth is after you've got product in the wild and you're gaining some traction is just be like belligerent on pestering your customers. So they tell you what they want, what they like, what works, what doesn't work because they've already maybe, uh, t- you know, started using your product. So they, they've got some relationship with what you're doing and, you know, media is a service, right? So mm-hmm. same thing. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I think first, first principles of early growth are listen to your customers and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and be prepared to adjust course if, uh, 
Mm-hmm. If you know the market, remember we, we talk about markets all the time. It's such a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the the marketplace is like the ultimate arbiter of truth. Right. Right. My product's the best. Well, the market isn't buying it, so it's not the best. <laughs> right. Right. So right. Like, so you got to be is on is mm-hmm. the market saying. And as you get bigger, that's really hard to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're making big decisions as you grow and you hope you're, you know, tapping and, and all of a sudden you have extra resources and you're trying things because you're beyond mm-hmm. that early stage of so much risk. And, but I, I think no matter what level you are of your business, listening to the marketplace is really critical. Mm-hmm. I love Elon Musk said this uh, about first principles. Um, he said, first principles is kind of a physics way of looking at the world. You boil things down to the most fundamental truths and say, what are we sure is true? And then reason up from so there, good. Um, which is just such a um, kind of a different way. Like what is, what is true? I can think something is true, but if there's not actual real concrete yeah. data or, you know, a purchase of a product right. or whatever, um, I mean, in my case, I can think a podcast is a great idea and maybe me listening to me and my mom right. and my brother <laughs> listening to it. Yeah. Right. And that's not, that's not. Yeah. Think about the complexity of the problems that, you know, Tesla solves or SpaceX or, you know, like there's these incredible people that are solving and, and so their first principles are things around physics and dynamics and atoms and right. And batteries and power. And it's like, oh my gosh, the, you know, I feel like a total idiot, you know, with my little first principles compared to like those guys who are solving some of the world's biggest problems. Yes. Um, right. It's just, it's awe inspiring, you know, but it mm-hmm. comes back to the same thing, you know, whether you're trying to grow your plumbing business or your app or your, you know, mm-hmm. the moon, getting mm-hmm. those baseline questions answered and, uh, mm-hmm. and being, you know, because it's the point, it's the source of truth for you to keep going where you want to go. So it better be true. That's kind of the whole nucleus around this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just transcends any business. Right. Right. So, uh, okay. So here, here's the question I have. So we talk a lot about on this podcast, a lot of your advice for new entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs is like, just do something. Yep. So just put something out into the world, start doing something. Um, I think, Oftentimes, like I think first principles and I go, gosh, I could first principle think myself into never actually doing anything. So are there certain kind of decisions? So like, for example, here, like, you know, you know, speed and efficiency, just getting something done. That doesn't need necessarily a first principle way of thinking. That's what's the quickest way from A to B to solve this, this small problem. So it's first principles thinking more for things like creativity, innovation, creating products maybe not necessarily how to get those products created. Yeah. I think those are right. like shipping and getting stuff out the doors mm-hmm. is, is second principles, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Right. Cause if you haven't mm-hmm. done the analysis to get the first point of truth, correct about Denver, mm-hmm. you're going to be building mm-hmm. and shipping, you know, to, to, to a destination that doesn't exist. That's the right. whole point. So, right. so, but I think the paralysis comes is once you have proven something to be true, once you understand the market that you're trying to sell to, once you've identified a product or service that can fill a need, then you can't be paralyzed there anymore. You, at some point, you've got to believe the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and so that that's, you know, I call, I, I think uh, I think of that moment as I'm, the point of truth, the, the first principle is putting the parachute on. Mm-hmm. And then as I'm putting the parachute on, 
like I'm going towards the cliff and then I literally like I dive off the cliff that's going to market <laughs> and right. And then, and then I'm going to at some point pull the parachute, Yeah, but you've got to get beyond the point in no return. And is that, is that something where, so this is my first principle. This is my decision. This is what we, we know the problem to be. So I'm now going to go put this out into the market. I'm going to test it. I'm going to, you know, and then I guess every once in a while, are you kind of coming back around sure. to use a great phrase right now, circling, yeah. back, circling yeah. back with the team yeah. to say, um, okay, this is what we learned. Maybe these first principles have changed. This is, I mean, you're kind of always wanting to iterate what that first principle it, is. Yeah. It's, it's, I would call that a pivot, right? Right. Well, mm -hmm. if my first principle is proven not true, mm -hmm. I have to change course. Maybe it's an iteration product mm -hmm. or service, or maybe I scrapped the whole thing and the thing wasn't true. Right. So I, I think that's more of a pivot. Now you want this feedback loop going, right? So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. jumped off the cliff, we're going, we're shipping product, we're knocking on doors, we're sending flyers, we're putting ads, like we're marketing, like we're just going to try and generate, you know, some, some customers and some revenue. Yeah. And, you know, you've got the runway, right? I've got six months of runway or I got 12 months of runway. I got to prove this thing. I've jumped off, you know, I think my parachute is going to work. I'm going to land this thing, but if it's not, Mm -hmm. You know, that's where your spare parachute is to come out and land that thing in, in some other place and go time out. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. This thing. And yep. there's many a company that has gone on way too long and burned through all they kept right. and didn't pivot before they should have pivoted because the yep. truth that they thought was true is not true. And the hardest thing right. <laughs> to do is to like, look at like real numbers and believe them. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you so, this. So, you know, we have all kinds of people that listen. Some of them do are, are building a company by themselves. Some of them are early days. Maybe they have three or four or five team members. Maybe they have one co-founder. Yep. How have you, or how have you created a culture within your company or maybe your executive leadership team where you're not going into the meeting and it's like, okay, so well, these are the first principles that Dean decide, says or yeah. right? Yeah. Like, cause I'm sure that there's different, like you can get in a room with five people from your company. Yeah. So how, how have you built a culture where it's maybe like the best idea wins? Like we're going to get to the first principles. I don't care who comes up with, totally. them, you know, but, but we're going to, um, I think often that's a difficult thing for people to get to, right. Is this idea of collaboration, but ultimately getting to a place yeah. where like, do, do you understand the question? Totally. I'm asking? If you're proud and you, you have mm -hmm. as the leader, the CEO, mm -hmm. and you're too proud to think that great ideas and input can't come from other people. You need to you need to go away to the forest for uh, you know a month and work that one out because that's mm -hmm. a bad way to lead. Number one, right? Number two, you know I I lead and I always have and I'm not sure why I do it like this, but I lead collaboratively. So it's mm -hmm. really rare for me to come into a meeting and say this is what we're doing, before mm -hmm. having not heard the voices of expertise that you know I'm employed to have around me, and their job is to help me make decisions. We mm -hmm. had a situation pretty recently where we pivoted, you know, on a project. And as we dug into the project, it became clearer and clearer. This was going to take too much time. This was going to cost too much money. And it was not going to land us in a place that we wanted to be. And I was hearing things. And so I threw up the flagpole and then we all stepped away, had a bunch of conversations, came back and said, you know what? We shouldn't be going here. We should be going here. And I might have sparked the thought around 
that you know that rethinking of of that direction. But it was the it was the mind of, of a bunch of people contributing to that. So I think you know in in the way you want your culture to work in your companies, you want everybody to be able, able to have that freedom to speak up. If people are afraid to say something, especially to their boss, and it's hard for if you're the boss because you're, you know, I'm the boss and it's, and there's pride involved and there's, you know, your baby and you maybe came up with the original source of truth, you know, around these first principles for your business. And it's hard to listen and hear some other voices. But if you don't, you do that at your peril. And there's been many a company that have not listened to great voices that, uh, that have been around them and wrecked their business. Mm -hmm. That's, I think that's something that's more natural for some people than others. Is that something that you've had to like work on over the years or is that just kind of just a natural part of your personality? You know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, easygoing in, in to my detriment sometime. I think, I think as you get older, you get more mature. When you're younger, you think you know everything and no one really has a lot. I think, Mm -hmm. and especially my generation, you know, I I think that the younger generation coming up uh, behind me, I think they're, they've grown up differently. And I think that I'm more open, you know, I, my generation business was office, locked door, you know, don't go in and see the boss. He's going to rip your head off to now, look, mm-hmm. you know, not that we're in offices anymore, but for the last 20 years, it's all open. There's everyone's right. teams. It's like, mm-hmm. so I just think the way this next generation has grown up is different. Um, mm-hmm. So, but you know, you still need leadership and you, you right. got to lead and it's just, the way you get to the destination is different. Some people, I like to bring as many people on the journey as I can uh, on the mm-hmm. way and get as much input as I can. But there is a point where at some moment, someone's got to make the decision and that usually is the person in charge. So, yeah, right. But I, I rarely, um, I could count five, maybe five times in my life where I've gone against the advice of the team. Either That's what I, that was the next thing I was going to yeah. ask. Back, yeah. back in my church day, mm-hmm. this is talking over you know, nearly 40 years of uh, just living life. And and, as, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and if I'm in a position of leadership and I have to make a decision, it's very rare, very mm-hmm. rare that I've gone against the advice of the people. Yeah. That I've- well, and that, that rarity in, in between those decisions, you're just building equity so that when you come to the table and say, this is yep. it, it's not something that you're doing every week. So That's people cool. go, okay, he's, he's for yeah. real, you know? Yeah. yeah. You can't bet yeah. the farm every week and, you know, right. <laughs> roll snake eyes every time yeah. going out for a, a hit, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That, Which is, you just said is really important in relationships. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to be kind of my next question. Um, just I, this first principle is you're, you're getting down to it. You're thinking about it. You're implementing it, which is the questions of like, are my emotions clouding my judgment yep. and reasoning? Um, you know, uh, how do we remove emotion or is it even possible? to remove emotion, especially as believers. And I think that's the interesting part is often this first principles is very philosophical. It's very pragmatic, um, but we're Christians. And so we do approach things differently. So how do things like emotion and um, character and, you know, even f- like fruit of the Holy spirit, yeah. right? How do those things play yeah. into the way we, we you know, you, you got people have different temperaments. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they run down a million personality tests and, I, I don't know the science of all the new ones, you know, like it's on, you're a letter, you're a number. I, I haven't really studied all that. <laughs> I, I, I know that people's temperament is different. That's because God has gifted every single person with different strengths. 
And as a result of having strengths, you automatically have weaknesses. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, if I'm a highly emotive, you know, person and I'm a little kind of washed along by my emotions, not good to have that in business and building a company. Um, it's, it's the calmer, steadier people that's that when I look at, you know, um, but you look, you know, you have a Steve Jobs, you know, um, God bless him, who was by all account and everything I've read, and I've read a couple of, you know, biographies, man, he was a tough guy to work mm -hmm. with. He was mm -hmm. really matches, man. <laughs> Trying to get that iPhone. Yep. All right. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tim Cook, who like, you're not even sure whether this heart is beating above, you know, 45. Like he's, mm -hmm. he's just, there's two massive d different personalities and you can say, mm -hmm. you know, Jobs launched this thing and, you know, unfortunately he died and didn't, you know, do the best, the rest. And then Tim Cook comes along and literally turns this into a $3 trillion company. Right. And they're both massively different personalities. So, mm -hmm. you know, just because you're loud and boisterous and, 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 you know, that, that, that's good. But the slow, steady, really focused, um, that, that works too. So I think the key is understanding your own strengths, how God's wired you, and then get opposites around you is, is, you know, what I, what I kind of have always tried to do. Find people who don't think like you, who are, who have different strengths than you, who are automatically going to ask you questions about why you th think certain things because they're coming at it from a different, different angle. That's a, that's the healthiest way I, I know how to build teams. Mm -hmm. That's great. So, okay. Uh, so I guess just like, lastly, like really practically, let's talk first principles, um, just from like a, a basic. So let's use Tidely as an example, because I want to help maybe give people a framework for, um, how to really think about doing this from a business perspective. So Tidely was the Tidely first principle. People go to church and give at their church. Yep. Or was the first, and this is this is semantics, but right. you know this is getting really into the nitty gritty. But uh, people go to church and they give to their church. Yep. Uh, is that the first principle, or is people go to their church, they give to their church, and there's not an easy way to do it digitally? And if there was an easy way to do it digitally, they would give uh, more often, and they would give uh, more. Does that make sense? Yep. So my first, the distinction. Yeah. So I, I framed it differently. I, my first principle was churches open for two hours a week. Mm -hmm. That's, That's it. it. Okay. A church yeah. is open. To, okay. So replace church with business, uh, replace church with a McDonald's. If a McDonald's open for two hours a week on Sunday morning between nine 30 and 11 30, could they sustain that business? Okay. You, so, I mean, you're literally basically talking about the equivalence of what if Amazon had a, an opening and a close? What if, if Amazon was only open from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., five days a week, right. their revenue would be nowhere near right. what it could be. Okay. Absolutely. So the question I asked was, church is open for two hours a week. Uh, that was first question. Next question was, um, if I, if I'm not in the building, I'm not giving, right? Mm -hmm. So the problem I had to solve was one, give anywhere, anytime that solves the, you know, ice storm comes through Atlanta on a Sunday morning, which they always did. <laughs> um, churches shut down, uh, mm -hmm. that offering 
moment is never yeah. back. Yeah. And then that anywhere, anytime wasn't, there's no product that does this. It's, there's no product in our space that, that does this. Well. There was that. And the technology wasn't uh, around. The technology wasn't even wasn't there. there. Yet, right? So my, my, the problem that I wanted to solve was dependent on some technology being created that mm -hmm. was out of my control. So iPhone comes mm -hmm. along, app store comes along. I pay for coffee with the Starbucks app with my phone. And I'm like, Hmm, why can't, why can't I give like, just like that. Right. So it was a, mm -hmm. it was a combination of seeing a problem and um, looking at it from a business angle and then happily for me, uh, you know, having the technology available for us to go and build the first giving app. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the first thing I tried to solve yeah. is the problem of, in, of uh, income for church. Like how does churches get income? They take an offering once a week, typically, and that was, and I saw that as a bottleneck for generosity. My, my belief is people want to give, but you have to give them an opportunity. They want to buy the burger. I want to get the Sunday. I want to get the, uh, you know, McMuffin. but if I can only get it two hours a week, like, that's so people want to be generous and, and we've proven like for, you know, many right. years now, you give someone a chance to be generous. They're going to be generous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Super practical and helpful. Yeah. I'll, I'll put these notes in the show notes okay. for anybody listening that wants to kind of go through. I think it is just a good framework yeah. for just coming up Absolutely. with ideas, testing them. So amazing good stuff, man. Well, cool. Enjoy your conference. Dean, thank you as always. Yeah, I will. All right. Bye.